Hey, this is Pastor Brian. I want to welcome you to the Reach Church Podcast. We hope this message helps you wherever you are in life and brings you closer to Jesus. We hope you enjoy the message. And uh, the title's called Empty Your Basket. Empty Your Basket. And um, so we're going to read here, and I'm going to read probably 11 verses. So I want to read it all, and then I want to come back through it and then kind of break it down for you all, all right? So if you've got your Bibles with you, you can read it up here if you forgot your Bible. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll pray this through after we get done, all right? So it says this in 1 Peter 2, it says, So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests, Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God, as the scriptures say. I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will not be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him, but for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And, it is the, and he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that. Can you say amen to that? But you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. It's getting good. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, there is so much content in this. God, I pray that you would help me communicate this the way that it was intended to. Father, I thank you that your anointing would be on their word. I thank you that your anointing would be on the hearts of your people. God, I thank you that, Lord, it would be able to be able to rest on your people's hearts. And Father, that it would penetrate, it would activate us, God, into the calling and the destiny. God, that we would be God's people. Lord, that we would allow, Lord, our lives to make you more famous today than you were yesterday. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. Amen. You know, I was thinking about this, and and it's, I'm going to go somewhere, and it's like, how do you get that out of there? And It'll make sense in a little bit. But I was thinking about how, if you've ever had a shopping experience, and you get to, you're like, I'm going to go shopping, and then you have this ambition to maybe like get somebody else something, but then you find something that you really like, and then you get focused on what you got, and you're like, okay, maybe they've got some more goodies for me here. And then you realize after shopping, you've left, and you forgot to get what you were supposed to get for the other person. And you have to go back. See, that story happened 
to me. I was the one who was supposed to get something. My wife went to a trip in Tulsa. She said, what would you like from Cheesecake Factory? We were going to be going there. And I said, I want just a plain slice of cheesecake. Like, like just OG kind. Like just plain cheesecake. And I didn't eat dessert. I had anticipated all night for this cheesecake. My wife went and she was shopping. And she went to Cheesecake Factory. And she gets back. And I'm like, oh, I'm so excited for my cheesecake. She's like, oh my gosh, babe. I didn't get it. I was like, stop joking. She was like, no, I'm really serious. Like, I completely forgot your cheesecake. I was like, how do you forget cheesecake when you're at the Cheesecake Factory? How do you forget it? And, and I was just thinking, see, that's how the, what, that's what happens. When we become consumer-minded, we become selfish. We become self-focused. My wife was being very selfish in that moment. She was being very self-focused. It was all about her and what she wanted. She got her cheesecake. She didn't forget hers, but she forgot mine. And that happened, I think, twice. Oh, once. Okay. I felt like it happened twice. But that may be because I'm in the middle of forgiveness in this moment. And it feels worse than it is. And, and I was reading this scripture. I was reading this passage of scripture thinking about how God, he uses this terminology. We don't use this terminology much in church anymore. But he uses this, and if you don't understand it, you can't appreciate it. If you don't understand it, you don't understand the, really the meaning and the whole point behind it. But, P, but Peter here calls us priests. And, and he calls us like priests several times. He's really trying to let us know who we are and what our role is in the church. Because most of you would perceive that it's Pastor Brian's role to be the priest. But he doesn't say lead pastors of the church are the priests. He says we are chosen. Those that are chosen are royal priests. In other words, look at somebody this morning and say you're a priest. You are a priest. Like you were chosen by God to be a priest. Now that doesn't sound like very like yay, cool but priests, here's the thing, is that if you understand Old Testament, you realize that the only people that got to encounter the presence of God in its fullness were priests. Everybody else brought the sacrifices, and it was the priest's job to go into the holy place and then go into the holy of holies place. It was the priest. And so what Jesus, or what Peter here is telling us, he's letting us know that it is your role. You get the privilege of being able to enter into the holy of holies. Now that the veil has been torn, there is no, you don't have to worry about dying in the presence of God if you weren't 100% right. Like you get to enter into the presence of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God, and it's because you're a priest, a chosen royal priesthood. But in this, I want to break down a little bit in this beginning. It says, you are coming to Christ. First, it talks about, so get rid of all evil behavior. Okay? And it goes through this. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, unkind speech. And then it goes into, like, newborn babies. In other words, he's saying, those types of people are like newborn babies. Those people are always worried about their pleasures, about what they want, about what they can get, about what they can obtain, making sure, can you feed me? Can you give me what I need? I mean, when I wake up, when Anaya wakes up, the first thing she says, eat, eat, eat. She doesn't say, can I do the laundry? Can I do the dishes? Can I fold you? Can I feed you? No, she asks, eat, eat. My daughter always asks me, what can I do for her? 
right? Because she's a newborn baby. That's her role. She's not a newborn baby, but she's a baby. And she's wanting to be, she's wanting making sure that we can take care of her, right? And then it goes on here and it says this, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation, Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. What is he doing? He's saying this, that it is time for us to crave and to grow into a place where we are not consumers, but we are contributors. He's saying, hey, I want you to grow out of being a person who's constantly asking eat, 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 to being willing to feed, feed, feed. To get to a place where you are not driven by consuming, consuming things, but you get to a place as a mature believer that you don't need my word to get you through to next Sunday. To get you through that you've got your own relationship with Jesus, that you can read your Bible tomorrow and you can hear the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can say something to you, about you, and for you. That he can get you, this is what he's trying to get these men and women in. He's trying to let them like, hey, you are not supposed to be babies. You were supposed to move out of your need and craving for Pastor Brian to give you a word. You've got to get to the place where he can encourage that word. He can speak something into your heart. But, he, but out of your relationship with God, you are moving into this deep place with God, being a mature, full, obedient child, experiencing the fullness of salvation. That's the fullness. The fullness of a salvation is me having a connection and relationship with God intimately without my wife having to tell me what God is telling us. And all of us, that's what we want to get to the place where we hear God for ourselves, that we can be led by the Spirit ourselves, that we don't have to have a word before we can be obedient, before we can feel confident, that we can know, okay, I hear the voice of God myself. I'm walking into the fullness of, of, of what God has for me. So this first point that I want to drive home is this, is that the kingdom moves at the level of our contribution, the kingdom will never move faster than your willingness to contribute to it. In other words, what I'm saying is that the church, reach church, is handcuffed by your consumption or your contribution. It is, it is our ability to, for as a church to reach the community, to reach the nations, to reach the world, is based on our, us as a church contributing to it. That the kingdom does not move forward if the church globally continues, if, it, if it's driven by cons consumption, guess what happens? The church doesn't move. The church gets real fat and gets real lazy and gets real right driven by what it can get. But an active kingdom church, it is ready to go and be active in whatever it is opportunities come its way. Right? That's what we want to be a church that breaks every stat. I believe when I read stats, I don't look at them as that that's going to be our church. I look at, look what we can break. We can be the most giving church. We can be the church that serves beyond all other churches. We can break stats. Like we can be more, we can give more to missions as a church at this size than other churches can give. We can give, we can do things that other churches do because we're an active, we are a, a church that is driven by contributing. Willing to give and, and do whatever it is that God is asking us to do. See, what happens when the church gets, when the culture gets in the church is it creates, it creates consumers. Right? It, it, instead of being priests like the Bible talks about. And I believe that this has come in heavy into the church. 
We're talking about culture. Like we've been talking about the worldly culture out there and how this is what it is out there. But we talked a little bit about what began to happen last, year, last week as, as the culture makes its way into the church. And, and this is what's happening throughout the, the entire, I think the big C church is that this is what's happening is, is that culture is getting into the church and it's telling us we should come because it serves us. And that was never why Jesus gave his life was so that we could sit in the church and let Jesus serve us. And I'll get into that in a little bit, but we have slowly accepted, I'm coming to church and pastor's gonna give me a word and I'm gonna, and the worship is for me and I'm gonna, it's about how I feel, it's about my experience. None of that is biblical. I, the Bible says that I'm here to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. That's my role, is to put you to work. If you really want to know, like, it's like, hey, I'm going to give you this assignment, I'm going to give you this assignment, this assignment, this assignment. Most of us, if it was really about that, we would stop coming. Because, I mean, how many of y'all know we don't like homework? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, no one, no one signs up for that. But see, the church impacts the world at the level of its contribution, not its consumption. That we will be only as effective in the world as, as our ability to contribute, not consume. Because how many of you know, just like whenever I was talking about that illustration earlier, when you get to the place where you're getting, you forget. I don't even know why. I'm just, it's all about giving. It's all about getting and not giving. It begins to create a culture even in your heart, even as a natural person is shopping. You're like, oh, I'm going to go shopping for this. And then you get carried away because it's like deal after deal and you're shopping it's like, this feels great. Look, let's be honest, consuming feels good. Getting things feels good. And I don't think, well, I want to make sure to preface this because I know how the enemy works. I'm not saying that you don't come to church to get at all. Because some people come to get healed and restored and saved and delivered and encouraged. That's not what I'm talking about. But when it's every week, it's about what you can get from God instead of what you can give to God. That's a problem. Culture has gotten into you. And instead of allowing yourself to be a contributor, you become a consumer. See, a consumer builds God into their life. There's this illustration. Let me show you it real quick. It says this. He says in, in this, he says, you are a cornerstone. Okay, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem. So this, this image, as soon as it pops up, Cornerstone, there we go. So, so this is not the right one, but you can go ahead and go to the other one. So here is when God is our cornerstone. This is what we build our lives on him, right? So, so he says that he is the chief cornerstone, so in which we build our lives on him. What happens is, that, is this, it doesn't say that you, you can, God will build his life on you, right? God doesn't build his life off of you. We build our lives off of God. And this is what happens. So this is all, this is a beautiful home. Look at the roof. It's all enclosed. It's great. And, and then you've got the cornerstone here at the bottom, which everything builds off of it and goes each way, right? It goes across and it goes up. It goes vertically and horizontally off of that cornerstone, okay? Then this is what happens when, when we are consumers. This is what happens, we begin to put God into wherever we feel like we can put him. And the problem is, is now the roof isn't fitting on the house. And the point is, is that a consumer builds God into their life instead of from his life. 
See, c- consumers want to build God, and they want to say, well, God, at this place, I can add you here. You'll, be, you'll fit good in my life here. God is not intended for him. He didn't give his life for you to build your life whenever you want around him. He gave his life so that you could build on him, so that your life could be stable, so that you could do whatever God's calling you to do, and there could be safety and security and stability. See, a consumer lives expecting others. Hear me out. You can, you can close that off. A consumer, as consumers, when we come into the church, and, and we come in as consumers, this is what begins to happen, is that we, 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 uh, we come in living, expecting others to use their gifts without contributing to ever use our own. So what happens is we come into the church expecting the worship team to use their gifts, the preacher to preach his word, the, the lead, you know, the kids' teachers to teach your kids, the Barb to throw down her food, which so many of y'all love, right? But we don't mind if Barb, as long as she keeps showing up and bringing breakfast, but are we contributing to the needs? And see, there are gifts. What if Barb said, you know what, I don't want to use my gift anymore? You ain't getting breakfast, you ain't getting coffee. And, and see what happens. What happens if it says, you know what, I don't really want to contribute in giving a word anymore. Guess what? It's going to be real weird after worship. Right? Like, here's the thing is that when we get into the consumer mentality, we expect, we live expecting everybody else to use their gift with us never desiring to use our own. I guess what? That has to be a place where we say, you know what, no more. I have, I've got a gift. I'm going to start contributing to the church body. I'm going to start giving in a way that I can help this body move forward and be able to meet the needs of this community and the people that are going to come into it. Right? I think the worst thing could happen is if we have, we have greater needs and no people to meet them. We want to be able to, and it's easy to look into a church and be like of this size and be like, oh man, they've got everything popping Go ask Kaylee on a Sunday if she could use you in children's ministry. She will sign you up as fast as you can say yes. Right? Same thing with Barb. Like Barb is consistent. She shows up every week and she makes breakfast whether she gets help or not. Why? Because she believes in the mission. She believes in the ability to reach someone that may come in nervous and they could go to the breakfast bar and get something and make their ease a little bit different. They can have some comfort food. Right, She believes in it, so she contributes using her gift, and she rallies around people. See, what we have to get to the place as a church and not letting the culture slip into our lives and say it's about getting and not giving. Week after week, we have to get to the place where it's not about me getting. It's about how can I come into this church? How, what do I have to do to be able to be at a place where I can contribute and give to the body of Christ, give and serve and use my gifts and use my talents? Right, he called you a priest, so therefore he means he's given you a gift. He's given you something significant to be able to use to be able to be able to 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 meet the needs of this body, to be able to meet the needs of of this church. And while oftentimes we we our gifts go dormant when we become consumers, like some of the most gifted people are sitting sometimes in chairs instead of serving. And it's because consumerism gets in us. It's like, well, church is built around me coming, and it's going to bless me, and it's going to give to me. And I think that's what's really slipped into the church, if I'm honest, that I've seen, especially over the years, that, that it's becoming more about being served than serving. 
that's what Jesus said. He says the greatest is not he who serves. It gets served, but it's he who serves. The contributor. He's saying those that contribute. Why is, is, is being a, a contributor so vital? Because I believe that when we become contributors, it activates different levels that we didn't know were in us. If I go back to my story as a youth pastor, I started off helping a youth ministry hang lights before service and take lights down after service. And then as I began to use my gift of being able to climb a ladder to hang lights and take down lights, God began to put a burden in me for youth ministry. And then all of a sudden I began to say, you know what, I might like actually like being a youth leader. So I moved into being a youth leader and then I went from youth leader to becoming a youth pastor and I did that for nearly 13 years. Something that started with me saying, I will contribute, activated something that I didn't know that was in me. I would have not convinced that I would ever do anything like that, but it all started by me willing to contribute in hanging lights and taking lights down, something that seemed purposeless. Like, why do 25 youth kids need lights? I don't know, the youth pastor said so, so that's what I'm gonna do. I started contributing. Here's my point, is there are things on every, in the inside of every one of you, and if you continue to be a consumer, you will never awaken the potential that's on the inside of you. But if you will get into the place of contributing, I'm going to give my time and my life and my money and my service to the church and watch what God does through it. And most of the times, consumers leave not fulfilled. Because it's like, I mean, I only can get and get and get and then it's like, well, that's, I got what I got last week. God, didn't, God doesn't want you fulfilled by being a consumer because he doesn't want to create that culture and that lifestyle on the inside of you, right? So here in verse five, it moves into this. It says, you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And then it goes into verse five. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. Okay, so in other words, God, if God is putting you in his temple, do you all, would you all agree that the temple is pretty valuable to God? That the, that the temple of God is super vital to him. The Bible says that he gave his life for it. So here's what, what I want to do is I want to help convince you of your value. Because right here what it says is it says, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. So God is using you, an individual, as a part of the peace to build the temple of God that honors God and brings glory and, and, and honor to his name and creates the ability for people to experience his presence. Right? So you are... You are a part of something that God is doing. He says, what's more, you are his holy priests. Again, priests, it's like, I mean, I don't really see myself as a priest, especially you women. You're like, that's a struggle for me. He's talking about a spiritual priest. He's talking about a person who's willing to meet the needs, enter the presence of God, create a place for people to experience his presence. And here, here he says this, and it's real quick if you don't read on. It says, so holy priest, and it says, through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you, it says, you offer, you offer. It doesn't say he offers. It doesn't say we offer. It says, you offer 
sacrificial, spiritual sacrifices that please God. Okay? So, so in other words, what he's implying is, is that to give, to be a contributor doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. Because he calls it a sacrifice. So I don't think anybody is like, I mean, you don't sacrifice when you are doing something that you enjoy or that you love or that it's always going to be easy. Because he calls it a, a spiritual sacrifice. Here's the second point that I want to make sure that we understand is this, is that priests, you and I, right, show up to serve with our whole lives. Priests show up to serve with their whole lives, with the whole, everything that's in them. When you come to church this morning, you should have come to sacrifice, to give with your whole life. To give it with every, whatever it is, God, that you need. When it's in worship, I'm going to give my, I'm going to give my worship. I'm going to contribute to that. When it's in whatever area of service that I give that I'm coming to serve in the children's ministry, I'm serving in the kitchen, I'm serving in the ushers and greeters, I'm serving in worship, I'm serving with my whole heart. I'm contributing. You see, there's this story about the rich young ruler. And this rich young ruler comes up to, to Jesus and he says, hey, good teacher. He already tries to manipulate him in the very beginning. Hey, good teacher. And Jesus says, why do you call me good? There's only one good and that's God. And he says, what must I do to in inherit eternal life? He says, I've done all of these things. And Jesus says, you've done, if you've done all of those things, then take all of what you own, all of your money, and give it to the poor, and you will inherit eternal life. See, the cost for him, he realized, wow, if I really want to be a contributor, this is what it's going to cost me? Not realizing what he was going to gain. And so many times we, as contributors, when we're trying to give, it's like what we're going to lose versus what we're going to gain. And the rich young ruler, here's the, the point of that, is this, is that it's the least amount of effort for the most significant reward. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to give the least amount for the greatest reward. And this sometimes has kind of creeped into the church, that young rich ruler mentality. I want, what do I have to do to get eternal life? Oh, if I have to give that, then I don't really know if I want that. And, and to be a contributor it's going to be sacrificial. It's going to maybe make you show up early at church. It's going to have you maybe dip in your wallet a little bit more. It's going to cause you to have to serve in areas that maybe in certain moments it's frustrating or irritating, but you see the grand scheme is bigger than you. I mean, I never wake up on Sunday morning and be like, "Woo, I'm ready to preach. It's a sacrifice. It's me willing to say, you know what? I'm willing to get up early. I'm willing to do what I need to do because there are people at stake. And if I can activate and I can convince one person in here, please let it be more than one. But if I can activate one person to be convinced that they have something to offer this body and the world, then it's worth it. Because you're priests. You've you got to be reminded that you are priests, that you, have, you are called to give your whole life to this thing and it's sometimes it's like we can forget that it's just like this thing is so much bigger than Sunday morning. It's so much bigger than, than right now in these moments. See, as priests, this is the thing we have to understand. We all give. We all serve. We all worship. We all contribute. Every one of us, as, we're, as priests, we all worship. We all give. We all serve. We all contribute. 
That doesn't mean that, that means that I have to contribute and I have to worship and I have to serve and I have to give, I have to do all of those things just like you and just like you have to do it just like me. And that's where it's sometimes it's like, oh, that priest, he can do that. I don't want to do that. That's not kingdom mentality. That's not, king, that's not serving like the kingdom of God at all. A priest says, I'm willing to contribute, I'm willing to serve, I'm willing to give, I'm willing to worship because I am a priest. And you are priests. Peter tells you you are a priest, a chosen priesthood. That you've been chosen. So it's our jobs to not come into the church and expect for everybody to pamper to our needs. It's like, okay, I'm coming into the church. What can I do to serve and contribute to the kingdom of God? Could I be a part of a small group? Could I be able to serve in the church and children? Could I serve in the kitchen? Could I help serve as greeters? Could I help do certain things? What could I do to help make this church that much more effective? Imagine if 95% of our church that would consider our church home served. Haley would be able to give people five weeks off. Right? Imagine if every single person, 95% of our church, gave 10% what we could do for the kingdom of God. Right now, we could build a building debt-free this year. The reality is, is that 20, less than 20% of a church gives actual tithe. But yet they expect an incredible word, an, an incredible experience in worship, incredible kids care. They expect all of these things for Walmart prices. Right? But they want, they want like Macy experience. Right? And that's creeping. That's the culture creeping in the church saying, hey, you take care of my kids. You babysit them. You feed me breakfast. You feed me coffee. You make sure that I get a smile whenever I come in. You make sure that I'm loved. You make sure that I am. And it's everybody else's job to contribute and not yours. That's a problem. That's what happens is that the church is full of people who are consuming it. It's about, hey, this is what I'm going to come in. This is what I'm going to get. Instead of, hey, how can I use my gift? to contribute to the kingdom purpose in this. I believe it. I believe what you're doing in this church. I've seen you out into the community. I've seen you give thousands and thousands of dollars into the community, into the missions. How could I be a contributor? I understand if you don't want to be a contributor because you're new and you need to find out if this is like the place for you, 100%. God bless you. Wait, take time. But if it's been six months, eight months, and a year before you've been able to plug in and connect, that's a problem. Because that's creating consumerism inside of you saying, hey, you just need to serve me. And Jesus says we're priests, that we're called to give our lives. See, this doesn't happen. This is the thing that I, this is why I may be so like passionate about this, is this. And, and, and this is my heart, truly. This is my heart behind it, is that when, the, when this doesn't happen, when we aren't priests as a, as a body, when we aren't priests as a body, this is what happens, is that, the, that this, the church slows down its effectiveness and potency to be salt and light in the world. Imagine if everybody said, you know what, when we do an outreach, we have all these people show up and we're having to look for more opportunities for outreach. Imagine that the potency, like you know when you get food and it doesn't have salt on it, and you're like, okay, I need a little salt, please. Imagine if we were the salt in the world 
saying, I'm willing to contribute. I'm a, sp- I'm a sprinkle of salt. I'm this. I'm, I can do this. Imagine if those in the dark places in their lives, if we were saying, hey, I'm willing to contribute. I'm not saying just contribute here. I'm saying we become so active in our, in our destiny and our purpose that even when we leave, we go into workplaces, we're still willing to contribute. We're still willing to serve. We're still willing to give our lives and our gifts and our talents. Our grow classes should be full of people saying, hey, I want to sign up. Take me through this process. Take me through the grow process because I'm willing to contribute. I'm willing to give of my time and my talent because I'm a priest. Right? That it's not, I shouldn't make everybody else work hard. Right? See, he says this. He says, he says this here at the top. He calls us in verse 11. He says, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents. Okay, that's a huge word. Because what happens when you're consumer is you're living as a permanent resident. See, God say, Peter says you're temporary residents. And temporary residents, they don't live like permanent ones. Temporary residents don't live like permanent ones. Right, we live as knowing, okay, wow, I'm a, I'm a priest, I'm a part of this thing bigger than me because I know that I'm stepping out of this world in a moment. There's going to be a flash of light that the Bible says that we are like fog, that it's here and then it's gone, that we, our lives are temporary here, but they're eternal somewhere else. And I will contribute here while I am here temporarily to make sure that I can meet every need to make sure that those that are going to encounter my gifts and my talents can experience something in eternity. That's why I am so passionate about what it is about you contributing to the body of Christ. Because there are things on the inside of you that I know from experience that I didn't know were in me until I was willing to be a contributor. I didn't know God would take care of my finances while I was, until I was a tither. I didn't realize at 18 years old when I took on that vow to say I will be a committed person that gives, that I would be able to make way less money and God still take care of me and meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Like we either believe the Bible or we don't. Right? And here's the thing. When, when I look at, at the church at large, I see that, that it's like people have been, like, did you ever show up to church at the greeters and the greeters came in and they handed you a basket? No, right? We don't hand out baskets. This is where we we come in with our own basket, like, okay, I'm going to go shopping at Reach Church today. Oh, I need to find some relationships. Mm. You know, I got to get a word. And we come in as consumers and we got to get a word. That's a chocolatey word there. Oh, I got to you know what, what do I need today? I need to be needed, come on somebody. And you go through the shopping list, not intentionally, not, not on purpose, but when we have a consumer mentality, this is what creeps in as we come into church with our basket saying, Lord, what are you gonna give me today? And I wanna let you know this morning that God did not hand out baskets, he handed out towels. God handed out towels. The thing that he asked his disciples to do He says, let me show you the most important thing. Before I leave this earth, I'm going to show you that you have to be contributors for this kingdom to expand, for this kingdom to grow and to be potent in the earth. You have to begin to start serving. So I'm going to take a towel and I'm going to show you the most important thing you can do as priests. And that is to serve the body, to serve the world, to serve the hurting, to serve the broken. 
And when you get a towel, you are able to be a contributor to the kingdom and and not a consumer. Because if you were not picking up your towel, the next second thing is you will pick up a basket. And when you pick up a basket, you become ineffective. You become a person that we're having to feed spiritually, baby, bath, eat, eat, eat. Instead of saying, hey, I know something's on the inside of you. And you begin to use what is on the inside of you to do something for the kingdom. All right? I'm going to wrap this up real quick. Haggai chapter 1, verse 3, it says this. It says, then the Lord, and this is, I think, the byproduct of when we really get to the place where we are so saturated or consumed by being like, give me, give me, give me, and we walk around with the basket, that this is what happens. It says, then the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? It says, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat but are not satisfied. You drink but are still thirsty. You put on clothes but cannot keep warm. Do you see that what he's getting at? That consumerism doesn't fix you like you thought it would. He says, your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. Anybody ever felt like that? This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up into the hills, bring down timber, and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. Says you hoped for right rich harvests, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, while our while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. Woo. That's a convicting passage of scripture. In other words, what consumerism does is it says, I need to build my house, God, you could build your own. God, you take care of who all the people that come into the church, and I'll take care of my own house. Guys, we have to get to the place where we as a church break every step there is. That we are a greater church that contributes financially, that we give more of our time, that we use our gifts and our talents to do the things of God and to awaken the things that we are gifted for. That we don't come in looking for a basket. That we say, look, where's a towel? Where's a need? Where's something that I could do to contribute my, my body? I don't care if it's cleaning toilets. I don't care. See, well, let me just say another thing. When you pick up a towel, it'll challenge your heart. It'll let you know the condition of your heart. This doesn't do anything for your heart. You could be as nasty and ugly and selfish as you want with this bad boy. But you pick up a towel and I tell you to go clean a toilet, it'll check your heart real quick. Come on, right? That's the problem, is that sometimes we find out who we really are when we pick up a towel. See, here's the thing, is that we will neglect what we don't see as essential or beneficial for our own lives. That's what happened, is that, that they became so convinced, it's like, I need to build my own home. I gotta take care of my own stuff. Here's the point, the whole point is, is that that's, that, that totally is counter you trusting in the character and the nature of God. So is God, will God take care of you or not? 
If God will take care of you, then you are much more willing and apt to build his house and know while I'm working on my house, God's angels are doing something different over there on my house. That God is building something on the inside of my life or in my situation. Right? That God is building something. And so I want to encourage you that if you have not been a contributor in this house, I want to help help have, break the, the culture of being a consumer. Not that you have been like, I want to be a consumer, because none of us do that typically. It's the, it's the byproduct of when you get caught up in just coming to church, you become a consumer and not a contributor. And I want to see some of y'all's gifts come alive. I want to see the potential on the inside of you arise and awaken something. It's like when God breathed into Adam. Adam was there. He had a body. He looked. But when God breathed into his nostril, all of a sudden, he took a breath and he became alive and he began to walk around the garden and begin, God says, hey, I want you to name the animals. Until you're allowing, willing to let God breathe into your nostrils and awake something and you say, hey, how can I be a contributor? You're going to lay dormant and miss out on an eternal reward that God is waiting to give you. Amen? See, consumption will always leave the soul struggling to be fulfilled. This is why consumption is so powerful, because we're just like, okay, can I get this? Yeah. Okay, can I get this? Okay, can I get this? Okay, do I feel better? Not really. And then you start digging for, I got to be accepted, and I've got two, I need two to be heard. I got to have all of that. Uh, get a word, I need another word for sure. And you, tr- nope, nothing changed. And the problem is, is it's not about what you're putting in that. It's the fact that you haven't picked up a towel because that's what really will fulfill you. It's the towel that will fulfill you. It's not the basket. The basket will not meet the needs that you're searching for. Culture wants you to live for you. Culture is saying, yeah, keep going to church and doing nothing. That's what, that, that's what the world wants. Kingdom? Kingdom's not about that business. Kingdom culture asks you, to live for a greater purpose, to contribute for a greater need. I mean, think about it really in honesty. How many smiles does Barb put on people's faces because of breakfast every Sunday? For real. I mean, when people, the first thing people do, they don't come and tell us hi, they go straight to breakfast and coffee. And then they have a smile on their face. But you would never, if if, if you were just like, all of a sudden, we would say, oh, that's not huge. That's a huge ministry in this church. And there are days where I know Barb doesn't want to be in that kitchen. I've seen her face, and I come in, and I'm like, how you doing, Barb? I'm like, all right. Right? Because being a contributor doesn't just always be like, but when she, she realized, she's been one of the most faithful people in our church, giving breakfast every week for years. Why? Because she believes in the power of what it does, even when she doesn't feel like doing it. And being a contributor is so, it, it's, she's doing things for eternity. Like people know I can count on breakfast. If I have a rough morning with my kids, I can at least get to church and they'll feed us. Right? Like that's the power of contributing. That's the power of when we give, when we use our gifts and our talents, that it helps other people. And I really feel like we as a church have to get to that place where we're saying, you know what, I'm not going to be a consumer. I'm going to contribute. How can I use my life, my breath, my body, my talents, my gifts to serve this local body? How can I be a contributor? How can I be a person 
who gives my life, my service, my worship, my finances, my time to something that is so much bigger than me. Ask any person that's serving in our church how much it's helped them pursue God in a deeper level. Because it will help you grow in your walk with the Lord because there's something designed in it to when you are a contributor, that God does something in your heart. He does something. How many of you know there's a huge difference in doing something and like when it doesn't cost you anything and when it costs you something like there's value in that when you when you have to invest in something like I'm never I'm not worried about your stocks because that's your money but if I put stocks in the same stocks you have <laughs> I'm gonna care a little bit more right because I've put an investment in whatever it is and that's why many people don't care how it's like well we don't really it's like when you start contributing you're investing into whether this church grows and reaches this city or not. There's some people that come to church like, I don't really care what that church is doing. I just come in and I get whatever I need to get and I do whatever and then it, it, I move on. But God is wanting us to become people who, who are investing in this local body in all of those different ways. Because why? Because you're a priest. If there's anything that I want you to forget today is that you're a priest. You're a priest that says, you know what, I'm going to contribute to the, to the well-being of the kingdom of God growing and advancing. And I don't want you just to run to grow and be like, oh my gosh, okay, sign me up. I feel condemned. I feel guilty. I don't, I'm not asking you to feel guilty. I'm asking for God to touch your heart. Because that will only last for a season. You'll come in to grow up like, I know I want God to touch your heart to where you're saying, I want to be a contributor in the kingdom of God. I want to be a person who's willing to do what God's asked me to do. And then as that happens, God will begin to activate things in your life that you didn't know were there. You can stand with me as I, as I close. You know, this has been on my heart for, for several months now that, that God would break the stats. That, that I, I'm so sick and tired of reading Barna and like, this is where the church is at. This is where the church is at. This is where the church is at. The church is there because culture has gotten into the church. And we have to do everything we can by saying, okay, I'm going to be a priest. I'm going to be what God's asked me to do. I'm going to be a part of, the, of contributing to push culture back out of our churches that I'm going to be a part, a contributor that says, you know what, I'm going to do this. And by doing this, this is going to break the, uh, the, the atmosphere of being able to be a consumer and where we grab our basket and we run and we say, okay, I need this. No, where we would say, okay, I'm going to come and I'm going to find a towel. Wherever there is a need, I'm going to serve in it. I'm going to contribute that we're not going to be people who give 20%, but we're going to be people who give as much as we can as a church. And we're going to reach the nations through that. I was just talking to one of our missionaries the other day and he was telling me like, he says, I, you all are one of the most loving and giving churches we have that are supporting us. And I thought, this is a young couple that are, they've given their lives to live in a mission field. And our church has said, you know what, we're gonna partner with you taking steps of faith, we're gonna do the same. But we can't do that if people don't give. 
Like this isn't, this giving thing is not about us and our, our, our salaries increasing. This is about the kingdom of God being able to reach people. And I believe that as we become contributors, that the work is not on a few. The load isn't on a few. The load is spread out through everyone. And as that happens, people flourish and thrive. So my prayer is that you hear not from what the enemy would love, that, that it's about, you know, how, however you may have taken it, but it's about being a contributor for the purpose of the kingdom. It's so much bigger than that. It's so much bigger than me. So, Father, I thank you for this moment in time, God. And, Father, I just pray, God, just as Adam was laying in a dormant stage, created being, made by God. But, Jesus, as you breathed into his nostrils, God, he became a living being. God, I pray that this morning that you would give your breath into this church, God, that you would breathe into the life of your people, God. God, that you would awaken them to a passion and a desire to be contributors within this church, to be able to meet the needs that are within this church, to be able to meet the needs that are outside of this church, to be able to be able to be a blessing into the community, into the cities, into the workplaces, God, into different places, God, that you would allow us to be contributors. God, I pray that you would break spirit of consumerism that slept slept into the swept into the church God and that's allowed it to be about what we get instead of what we give God help us be a body of Christ that breaks every stat that's been put out God that we are the most giving church God that we're the most serving church God that we're the most generous church that we're the most compassionate church that we're one of the churches that flows in a level of love that is beyond what we could stir up in our own being we're priests. God, give us the revelation that we are priests this morning. Father, I thank you right now, God, for the breath of God being breathed on the inside of us this morning. And God, I pray right now for those that have maybe never met Jesus Christ, or maybe they've prayed the prayer and they've walked away from God over the course of time due to situations and circumstances. God, I thank you right now, God, that if there's anybody under the sound of my voice, that they would come to the place that they recognize that I need Jesus in my life in a deep way. And if that's you this morning, you say, I want to give my life or I want to recommit my life to Jesus. If you would, just simply slip your hand up real quick. I just want to know who you are so I can pray with you. Say, that's me. I want to give my life or I want to recommit my life. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else this morning? Come on, if you would pray this prayer with me this morning. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. I believe you, Jesus, died on the cross for those sins. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my life, come into my heart, reveal the destiny and the purpose you have for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give them a hand this morning? That's what we do this for. We love you guys. Have an incredible week.